Philippians chapter 4. If you got your Bibles, just turn there, Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to wrap up this in just a couple more weeks, then we'll move into our hands and feet series. So Philippians chapter 4. Um, I want to make a, just a quick announcement. If you um, are interested in doing any kind of ministry here at Keystone Church, we've got some openings for our uh, slide presentation, the guys that do the words and all the the uh, uh, PowerPoint and all that kind of stuff. Uh, see Colin for that. We've got some opportunities for you guys to serve setting up and tearing down. Um, and it's sort of mundane work, but it's kind of fun too when you get all together and, you know, run into little kids with chairs. That's always an adventure. Uh, so if you'd like to be involved, and maybe you've been here for a while, and you're thinking, how can I maybe take the next step here at Keystone and serve the people on Saturday nights? This is a great way to do it. You can you know, be part of the setup team. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, you could probably see Colin on both counts. Thumbs up there. Yeah, good. And uh, Michael's uh, got some good stuff cooking with uh, worship. We're going to have um, on Saturday nights, because the way we, we organize our service and because we're participatory, we want to make sure that if someone's listening to a podcast, we want to make sure that they're heard, that your voice is heard in the uh, message as well. You know, you're part of the message. Can you just say that with me? I am part of the message. Okay, good, good. So we're trying to move, and it's painful as hell, and I don't know exactly how to do it, and we're trying to get there, but we're trying to move into an orbital sense of leadership in what I feel is more like the New Testament church than we've ever seen in America today. Um, I just got done reading a book uh, called Pagan Christianity. Anybody read that? It will blow your mind and you're like, what are we doing? So if you want a really good read that will totally mess with you, read Pagan Christianity. Frank Viola and uh, George... uh, Barna, maybe, I don't know, somebody like that. Anyway, um, so so what we're doing, Michael's got some mics ordered, don't freak out about it. We're just going to have a couple mic stands up here. We want to capture the entire message that the Holy Spirit is speaking through you and not just me. Sound good? Right on? Everybody thumbs up? Cool, cool, cool. All right, I really believe, and Haley prayed this in... Um, in prayer that tonight, and she prayed it from the stage that we really are in a pivotal point at Keystone Church. We really feel like we've turned a corner. Um, we've been patiently waiting on the Lord to uh, increase, not in just numbers, but in faith and in trust and in believing. And then when we get that, we can do action <laughs> more effectively. We can uh, live life together more, more fully. We can actually impart the love of Jesus into those that are hurting. You know, I just feel prompted by the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me real quickly? And uh, what I want to do is I just want to pray for the city of Colorado Springs. So if you feel comfortable, would you just sort of spread out through through the sanctuary right now and just look out in the darkness and put your hands to the certain part of north, south, east, and west, and let's pray for those dry bones in Colorado Springs. Let's pray that God brings these wounded families back to life. Father, in Jesus' name, there are so many people that are hurting and lost and wounded. And so we cry out to the dry bones, Lord. We cry out to the dry bones of our city, Father. And we say, come to life in Jesus' name. Just come to life, Father. Lord, we just love our city. We love this community. We love our neighbors. Lord, we love our families that are struggling and hurting and 
dying across the city. There's so many folks who have been hurt by religion. There's so many folks who have been hurt by the church. There's so many folks that have been fed up with religion. As you said, Lord, come to me if you're fed up with this stuff, and I will give you rest. I will give you a yoke that's easy and light, and my burden is correct, and my burden is for you, and my burden is bringing life, not death. Father, we cry out for our city. Colorado Springs, come to life. Come to life. We pray. We pray, Lord. We speak to the spirits that have been so oppressed over this city, God. We say, we command you in Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus is against you. You have no authority here in Jesus' name. Father, we pray the strong man of apathy would be torn down. God, we pray that your churches would come together in unity and stop this silly competition. God, we pray that your people would come together in love and be the answer. Be prayer. Be the hands and feet. Lord, we pray this tonight, God, in all authority given to us by your son Jesus' blood. God, we pray. We know prayer changes and shakes the heavens. Lord, we know prayer changes things. We know prayer can actually change the course of history. And that's our prayer tonight for our city, to wake up, wake up, come to life. Let the scales of depression fall off. Let the spirit of suicide be gone. Come on, I'm sick of hearing of young people ending their lives too soon. Father, forgive us. Come on, church, repent with me. Forgive us as the church for still remaining in the four walls, for still thinking this is where it's all at, for still, as Josh said, just saying cute Christianese phrases and yet not putting our hands and feet to the plow. We pray this with advanced thanksgiving for revival. <laughs> In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Thanks, guys. I want on that note, men at 5.30 on Thursday mornings right here at the church, they're gathering for prayer. We're gathering for prayer. Keaton, come on up here, baby. Keaton, um, uh, Coronado lost another student to uh, suicide this week, and... Uh, and I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just, TCA lost a kid this year. Discovery lost five kids. We have got, my friends, we have got to intercede for this generation. We have got to hold them up. I don't know what's going on, right? I don't know if it's this, you know, we all say, well, the millennials are all spoiled, narcissistic, and think of themselves. Yeah, well, whose fault is that? Everybody just point your finger at you, right? It's my fault. So I just want to pray for you tonight. I want to pray for your school, okay? All right, Father, in Jesus' name, God, we just lift up Coronado High School right now in Jesus' name. And if there's a spirit of suicide over Coronado, God, we pray that it would come down and crash and go back to hell in Jesus' name. Father, that has no right or authority here. The blood of Jesus is over that school. I pray for an anointing, Lord. You said angels are at our disposal. And so right now, God, we pray for the angels to minister to brood over Coronado High School. 
and Rampart High School and Liberty High School and Air Academy and Discovery and Pine Creek and ben- and Harrison and the, the downtown school and every other school, every other district, God, every other middle school, Father, may your angels just brood over this chaos. And Father, help us, teach us to be the hands and feet to people that feel like they have no hope so far that they would take their own life. I pray for you, Katie. I pray that God would give you words of wisdom and peace. And that, and I know this is going to sound tough, and I don't mean it to be, but that you're not the victim in this, but you're the light. You're the hope. You're the peace. You're the answer. You're the joy. Love you, sweetie. Bless the Lord. Man, guys. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Ladies, how was the IF conference? All I know is I got some wicked donuts sitting on my counter. And I ate like half of it, and I about fell over in a food coma. It was amazing. I don't know where you guys got those donuts, but that was ridiculous. Uh, good? IF conference was good? Awesome. Awesome. I heard great reports, lots of laughter. Uh, I'm glad you guys, you ladies, came out. As I love my house. It's full of, of love. Speaking of houses, Teresa and I bought some dirt in Colorado. Come on. Finally. So we've been renting, as you may know, for five years, and um, there's something about owning, right? There's something about owning a piece of your heritage, a piece of your, uh, your promise. And so um, we finally found a house that we made an offer on, and they accepted within 24 hours. Uh, it was quick. It was so God. The house was off the market. Um, that was under contract. It fell through. It came on the market, and uh, David said, I think this might be a great contender. When we look at homes, we look at how this home will serve our community. We don't look at a house and say, oh, yeah, this is the right price range. We, well, of course we do. We do do that. But we hope that it all matches up, right? I got a half a million dollar house up on the hill. Yeah. Anyway, uh, no, just kidding. Uh, we, um, we always look at how this can serve the body. Does this house fit our vision? Our vision is to have community in our home. We built, as you guys know, custom built a home in Indiana, and we want to make sure that home fit, fit the community. We want to make sure that home uh, fit what we want to do in, in life in our community. So anyway, we purchased the house. We closed March 6th on Teresa's birthday. Happy birthday, babe. And uh, it's something cool about owning dirt, right? Yeah, because renter mentality is like, ah, I'm not really committed. You know, I can come or go. But man, when you own dirt, you know, you own it. That's yours. You got to take care of it now. You got to, that's, it's, it's just part of our, you know, it's like putting a stake in the ground saying, man, this is where my family is. This is where we're going to make our life. And so, uh, we're excited about that. We'll tell you more as the details come up. Probably have an open house, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, March 6th, we close and hopefully we'll be all settled by April 1. So thank you guys. Praise God for that. Come on, praise God with me. Woo, finally. All right, are we ever going to get to this tonight? Oh, yeah. Is it only... Oh, sweet. Okay, good. Let's roll. Philippians chapter 4. Therefore. Remember what therefore is therefore? Anybody remember? What is, when you see a therefore, you got to make sure you know what it's there for. Therefore is always a contextual word to make sure you look at the pretext. 
right? A pretext out of con. Anyway, that's pretty cool. Just when you see a therefore, read before the therefore. All right, that's what I'm trying to say. My beloved and longed for brethren, my joy and my crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Man, he said, do you feel, first of all, Paul's love for these people? I think of myself, let me just give you a quick scenario. Let's say I'm Paul and I come to Colorado Springs for about four or five years and I spend time with people just like you. But his mission is not just to come and plant and live the rest of his life. Paul was called as an apostle to come and love on people to life, bring them into community, raise up godly men. They called elders and they called uh, leaders and deacons and blah, 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 blah. And you know all that. And then he would have to leave. The Lord would call him out. Now, I just always put myself in that shoes. God, what if you said, Lonnie and Teresa, I'm moving you now out of Colorado Springs and sending you to Boise, Idaho? Oh, geez, Teresa says, oh, geez. <laughs> uh, how would my heart feel? Are, are you tracking with me? How, how would my heart feel? I'm so, my long, my beloved. Remember the time we went mountain biking. Remember the time we did books and brews. Remember the time we did our road races and we did our, our sponsored races and we handed out thousands of bottles of water. And, and remember the time we did a picnic and remember that one thing that completely failed. Remember that? How awesome that was. You hear, you could hear Paul's heart when he's like, Oh, my beloved. My crown, my joy, my beloved. He says it twice. How I long. So this sort of paints a different picture, right, of this, of this angry sort of prophet apostle that most people think about. I mean, Paul is such a tender-hearted father, and he loved his people, and he loved coming, and he wanted to hear about how things were going. I mean, can you think about it? We come to Keystone Church. We're here for five years. We pour our lives into one another. We love one another to life. We walk through death and life and birth and weddings and funerals, and we just live life together. And I can't get back to you on a plane ride. It takes me five years to get back. So what do I do? I start writing letters to you. Do you see how this sort of culminates and unfolds? That's Paul's heart, guys. He says, I implore Yodia and I implore Sinktiki to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. And he's Paul sort of wrapping up this letter, as you can tell. Verse 4, very popular. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always, again, I say, rejoice. Verse 5, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. All right? So let's talk about some of these tonight. How many of you feel like rejoicing all the time? Yeah, that's what I thought. Sort of rhetorical question. Does Paul really mean rejoice in all time? And how can we get there? How, what is our process of getting to rejoice? Because there's hard times, man. There's tough times. There's sadness. There's depression that we deal with. There's fear and anxiety and, and anger and, and, uh, you know, things we're like, well, I can't get my brain around that. How am I supposed to rejoice in this situation? Can you help me help us tonight get to that place where we rejoice always. 
And remember what the Hebrew text says. If, if you say something once, it's like, okay, that's pretty powerful. But in Hebrew context, if you say something twice, it like quadrupled its meaning. It didn't just double it. It just like exponential. That means a perpetual circle over and over and over and over again. So tell me, how do you guys do it? Do you do it? Are you able to do it? What are the triggers? What are some of the things the Holy Spirit is speaking through you right now? Mm. Right. Mm. Mm. Right. 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 Right, that's good. good. Hey, Johnny. Good. That's good. I like when you said it's the difference between joy and happy. And, and like it's, re, it's like joy rebaked. So if you're Mexican and you really like refried beans, it's like rejoy. No? No, no bueno? <laughs> it's, you guys are like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's rejoy, man. It's rejoy and rejoy. <laughs> okay, that didn't go over very well. That's good. Pizza tastes pretty good, Pizza? Pizza. Okay. Reheat. <laughs> okay. Anybody else? How do you how do you walk through that? Go ahead, Carl. Yeah. That's good. Somebody else? Yes, Sarah and then Dana. Sarah, yeah. I, unless your name changed. I don't know. <laughs> I know the refried means probably through you. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Right. And I think like until you can get to that level of it's like it's almost like acceptance when you read process, but of like rejoicing and like the bad and the good and like looking back on it and like the light of joy. 
That's really good. I love that phrase, the freedom of overcoming without rejoicing. Wow. That's really good. Dana? Sure. Mm. 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 Sure, sure. certainly one thing to read about it and another thing to live through it. I mean, and that's uh, one of the things that caught me there is you guys walk through it together. That's so key, guys. Man, that's huge. Yeah, pain is not the best professor, but it is an amazing teacher. And we don't usually like to go to that class, right? And it's like in college, I had this Revelation in Daniel class. Half the time, I didn't know what in the world they were talking about. You know, I was just trying to stay awake because the guy standing in the back poking himself with pencils, you know, hey, stay awake, stay awake. And I was trying to get, get through school. So um, that's what pain is like. You know, man, I know it's coming. I know I need it, but I don't necessarily like it. But in this pain and in this suffering, and remember Paul in, in chapter 3 said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, right? It's Paul, right? That I might know him. Today we did this funeral for, um, or this memorial service for Judy Black, and she was married for 58 years to her love of her life, Dwayne. And can you imagine that? 58 years, amazing. <clears throat> and I remember ministering to her just really on, her, on death's door. We all knew she didn't really have much time left, but it seemed like she kept bouncing back and bouncing back, and she'd get her hair done, nails done, go shopping, like, weren't you just like dying a week ago, whatever. And she said to me one day, she whispered in my ear, she said, Pastor, do you think he's pleased with me? Do you think my Savior is pleased with me? And I'm thinking, Judy, man, if there's anybody God's pleased with on this planet right now, it's you. You're this saint. You're a beautiful person. You, you, you have such an intimate walk with Jesus. I tie that into Paul saying the same thing, that I might know him. My take on rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, is Paul is saying at this time in my life, through pain, suffering, sorrow, overwhelming anxiety, overwhelming circumstances, buffeted, pressed, crushed, but I'm not destroyed, this time in his life, he's almost reached this maturity level, if you will that allows him to say that. You know, it, it's just, it's amazing to go through an entire book in, to, in entirety, in totality, because you get to start to see the entire message thread throughout the book. It's one of Paul's last book, if not his last book written, and he's just this place of maturity. And so let me just encourage you in that. When you find yourself rejoicing, not happy, but full of joy, unspeakable and full of glory, in tough, lonely, anxiety, pride, humility, whatever the case is, whatever you're pressing into, whatever you're, whatever's pressing on you, whatever you're dealing with in your mind, your soul, your spirit, and you begin to have this joy, this peace, 
that surpasses understanding, that is a huge sign of maturity that God has talking, talked you through and walked you through. And it has nothing to do with age, by the way, guys. It has everything to do with your walk with Christ. And we get to grow in this, and we get to experience God's rejoy over and over and over again. Many of the calls that we take at work are people filled with anxiety and fear. They're, and they're Christians, most of them. They're absolutely terrified of everything. And I'm just learning to begin to speak with authority into some of these situations without <clears throat> getting fired. Anyway, I speak into these situations and just simply say, you know, the Scripture says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. Don't fear. Fear cripples you. Fear paralyzes you. Fear doesn't allow you to get out of bed. Fear doesn't allow you to fulfill your purpose. Anxiety doesn't allow you to live the full life. You're always worried about something that's not real. It's just not real. The guys are going through the series alone. If you're a guy and you want to come on Tuesday nights, we are going through this series that History Channel put out called Alone. And what we realized and through discussion and through banter among the men is that most of the things that these guys are leaving the island for, and I'll give you context later, are things that aren't really real. They, they, something builds up in their mind to the point that they paralyze themselves and they have to get out of there because of something that may or may not happen. It's not even real. It's just fascinating how fear can play with your mind and paralyze us. But I think the antidote is that is just simply walk in joy. Joy is a gift, by the way. Joy, you said, he said, my peace and joy I leave with you. And how, what do you do with a gift? You use it. What's the first thing you have to do before you use it? Unwrap it. What do you do before you unwrap it? Receive it. Just take it. Just say, this is mine. This is, I mean, God, thank you for your joy. I, I'm not given a spirit of fear but of joy and of power and a sound mind. All I need to do is receive it. I can promise you, when I give a gift, the most joy I get as the giver is what? Go ahead. Go, somebody. Yeah, unwrap it. Use it. Man, when I, when I see my gift that I bought and someone's really enjoying it, Someone's really taking it out and getting it dirty. Someone's really taking it for a spin and maybe even scratching it up and, and getting it, you know, bent up or whatever. I'm excited, man. I'm ex- I love that you loved what I gave you. Our father's the same way. I love that you love what I gave you. Take joy out. Give it a spin. Try it on. Smile. Give it a shot. Look, you're not going to get it all right. Go get it dirty. Go bang it up. Go scratch it up. It's okay. It's God's gift to you. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Now, when I read verse 5, I thought, I don't think that those two verses go together. And help me walk this through. Forbearance here, but gentleness is another word. Let your gentleness be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Can you help me connect those dots? We can sit in silence for a minute. I'm not uncomfortable. <laughs> what does it mean? Why, why would he say, 
Let your gentleness be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Does it mean be gentle because God's coming back soon? Because in my good Baptist theology, that's what that means to me. I better be gentle because I don't want to get caught being ungentle. If God comes back, I'm screwed if I'm not gentle. (laughs) And you might get that later. Anyway, is that what that means? Go, Bree, what do you got? It's good. It's good. Wow, it's really good. Somebody over here had something. Uh, Catherine. Right. Okay. Yep. good and and is it do you think that being gentle is a byproduct of god's nearness or god's nearness is a byproduct of being gentle the second yeah right yeah okay jordan jordan and hmm Mm. That's really good. That's really good. That's really good. Wow, Mark. I'm, I'm thinking of my, he's, he's kind of like a projection of what he's talking about. He's like this identity in the Bible. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. The risk, yeah. It's good. Yeah. Right, right. It's good. It's good. Johnny. Hmm. Hmm. That's good. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, it is. It's a student of the, the way Jesus lived his life. I'm intrigued, Josh, and in how Jesus got all that stuff done in a gentle heart. That's the tension, isn't it? Ooh, we're going to do it. Somebody on this side, anybody? Anybody else? So I'd like to propose to you, as someone pointed out, I think it was you, Jordan, you said there's a period there for a reason. What if I read it this way? 
The Lord is at hand, be anxious for nothing. The Lord is at hand, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You know, the, the Bible was busted up into chapter and verse, but that's really not how the Bible was written. So what if we were to say, the Lord is at hand, in, in, in nothing be anxious? There's, it, sort of, it sort of puts, it's a, I saw this, I saw this as, a, as, as a, an addition mark, like, you know, the plus mark. So you got verse 5, and it ends with a period, the Lord is at hand, be anxious for nothing. Isn't that cool? And like this, a connector. So, so how can I rejoice? And how can I let my gentleness be known unto all men? The Lord is at hand, be anxious for nothing. If I can be anxious for nothing, and in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, letting my request be made known unto God, then I can rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, right? Because anxiety breeds the opposite of whatever joy is, which I think is fear and hate and misunderstanding. Anxiety breeds something. It festers inside of us, this nervousness, this things that you're trying to control that are not in your power to control. It's not your monkey in your circus. <laughs> I clarify that a little bit. What has God called you to? What is, what is your sphere of influence? Like what Harlan said the other day, I'm creating these boxes of peace in my environment. I'm inviting people into these boxes of peace. Sometimes those boxes get crushed and you got to start over. Sometimes those walls get knocked down and you got to start over. Sometimes those, those spaces get invaded with people of anxiety. But when, as the Celts said, when you come into our village, we want you to belong first. If you knew that wherever you went, you actually win and you actually belong and you actually have authority, don't you think your anxiety level would probably decrease? I mean, why in a culture where we literally have everything at our disposal, a click away, you can get anything you want, and we are filled with anxiety and fear? We've never had so much opulence in our life. We've never had so much riches in our life. We don't, we've had generation after generation after generation that have never really experienced uh, anything but awesome economies and money and getting jobs. And we don't understand what it's like to have lack. We don't, we don't understand what it's like to have, you know, to go without. We freak out when our Wi-Fi goes down. I'm like, come on! Right? Oh my God, watch Stranger Things! My Wi-Fi's down! Hey, I'm with you, alright, alright? <laughs> because if we were to walk in the second half of that, that connector, and it could go both ways. I rejoice in the Lord, therefore I'm not anxious. Because I know that my peace is not in me. Every time we look internal, every time we start looking at me for the answer, every time we start looking and, 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 and internalizing all of our pain and anxiety and fear, then we slide down the slope of just darkness and depression. And I mean, why are we depressed again? Help, help me understand. Does, I understand bad things happen. Man, I understand you've had terrible childhoods, some of you. I understand you, your parents were less than stellar. I understand that you've had difficult situations. You've, you know, you've, you've endured pain. You've endured relationships that have fallen apart. You've endured circumstances where you just don't see any hope. You've endured things that you feel like, to your point, Dana, you just can't get out of bed in the morning. But if we truly were just to take 
what we know here and apply it here, it changes everything. If we truly, I think that this, this, our churches in America today are great note takers. Everybody puts their pens down. <laughs> we are so filled with head knowledge, and yet we have forgotten that we are this book. This is not the end all. We are it. We are the margins that need to be filled in. We are the spaces between the gaps. We are the people that fill and, and, and bless and help. This is our testament. This is our, this is his testament, his will for us. We like fill in the blanks. God's like, here's your frame for your house. How do you want it decorated? That's up to you. I left, I left you the framework. Now go build. Go have fun. Go rejoice evermore. And by the way, when you do, you'll be anxious for nothing. You really won't have any anxiety. I'm struggling, Josh, in between you and I and the fence post that we teach, um, and if you're a psych major at all, I took psychology in high school, and I mean uh, college. <clears throat> I probably need to go see a psychologist in high school. Anyway, um, we teach stress and anxiety management. We're teaching people how to manage, and I know this is touchy, and if you're an educator or anything like that, we teach you how to manage your stress. And I'm thinking, why did we have stress in the first place? What if we went all the way back and said, I live, can you say, I live a stress-free life? I mean, isn't that really what John 10.10 says? I've come to give you life and that more abundantly. Yeah, the enemy's here to kill, steal, and destroy. But look, I've overcome him. He doesn't have any power. And what are we stressed out about? Are there things that need to be solved? Absolutely. But we don't approach them with stress. We don't approach them with anxiety and fear. That breeds hate and division. We approach them with gentleness but a firm hand. We approach them with truth and the most powerful tool of all, love. Yeah, we love one another, but we actually do it. We actually put our hand to it. Let me wrap up. So we got through verse 6. Let's just read verse 7 together. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, watch this, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Um, I may pick that up next week. Verse 7, will guard your hearts and minds. Where does fear begin? Come on. In the mind. It's not real. It's a figment of our eye image nation. Our image, we build an image in our mind, and it takes root. It's the high place. And Colin and Michael have a great teaching on this being your high place and how it relates to the Hebrew Old Testament. Anyway, this is your high place. This is where everything starts. It battles in the mind. But the peace of God guards that. There's a verse in the Bible that says, bring every thought into the subject of the Lord, right? I'm paraphrasing, but bring every thought into the submission of the king of your life. There's a, little, there's a little ritual I do when, when there's something really gets me ang anxious and, and, or I feel like anxiety or fear is coming on. There's like a little guy in my mind that stands there like a cherubim with a sword. And I ask him, can this thought come in? And he'll say no or yes. Most of the time, if it's fear-based, anxiety-based, stress-based, it's absolutely not. You are not allowed here. I'm like, oh, sorry. Sorry, thought. You can't come in. Because my mind is guarded with the Prince of Peace. 
He's standing at guard. I've got you. I think the Christians in this very tumultuous time, number one, the Bible says, you'll be known by the way you love one another first. So before we have to, before we're really good at loving the world, we better damn well make sure we can love one another. Right? Listen, my friends, we got to get this right first. We get this right and we become in, in unity nothing can stop us. Nothing can stop anybody and anything in unity. And then we move and breathe because it's going to get tough and you're going to be challenged and your thought process is going to have to come down and everything you know as an American will have to somehow come into alignment with what we believe as Christians. And it may not line up. (laughs) All right, soapboxes are done. Oh my gosh, this is so good, so rich. So we're in verse seven. All right, cool. I was really gonna do something cool and I totally forgot about it. Dang it. Stink, I hate that. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. I know what I was gonna say. Okay, I got it. Hey, <laughs> look it. If you, if you know me by now, we're, we are moving in a direction where there's going to be challenges on your life, and there's going to be challenges on my life, okay? I just want to preface, I'm sort of grooming you for the next series, because Hands and Feet is going to be um, the culmination of the last three and a half years, four years at Keystone Church, coming to the place where, and don't freak out on me, okay? Just, I know sometimes my wife says, you fly at 30,000 feet all the time, and you're like, hey, let's just plant churches, man, who's ready? Woo! I'm not, I know, I know, I know. Calm down, come back down, shepherd, be kind, be gentle. And I do, and I, I hope I do. I want to father your hearts well, but we need to father each other's hearts well. Right? We've got to break down this pyramidal side society of pastor and then all the underlings. We've got to break that mold. So there's some things I, I want you to begin to really pray about. Man, Pastor, I got a word this week. Oh, you know where I'm going to be? Sitting next to her, listening to you. Are you with me? I need you to have that freedom. I need you. And it's not about standing up here. It's not really about who's got the mic in their hand. It's just about letting the body be the body. And guys, this is an ex- I don't, I've never been here before, okay? If you want to talk to a traditional churchist person, it's me. I'm a recovering Pharisee. I'm a Baptocostal with all kinds of weird theologies bouncing around in my mind. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to move us as a body of believers, not in a weird, I almost said homeschooled way, but I shouldn't say that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was like, I'm going to go kick your butt, right? I, I'm not talking about candle dipping, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I'm not talking about horse and buggy, let's all be Amish. I'm talking about how... Can we return back to the flowing beauty and body of Christ? And and I'm telling you, I am dying a death by a thousand cuts. It's just because everything inside of me is, is this. I'll stand up here and, boy, if I can carry you on my shoulders and We'll build and we'll market and we'll, we'll do whatever it takes. We'll blow this building up. We'll go get our own building and blah, 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 blah. Uh, I just don't think that's what we're called to do. 
you know, everybody's not going to get it. They're going to come in and go, oh, this is ugly and yucky and stinky, and you guys are weird. You guys are probably all homeschoolers, aren't you? <laughs> you guys make your own candles? I'll bet you do, yeah. See, Catherine, yes, she does. I'm just kidding. I want, I want to prepare your hearts, okay? Don't go throughout the week and not read Philippians. Just don't do it. And then come to church and go, oh, pastor's got the word tonight. I really want to be able to say, hey, uh, this is the intro. What do you got? All right. And, you know, Teresa, you might say, Pastor, man, I've got a burning word on chapter, on verse three. Have a seat. Come on up. Are you with me? I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not even sure if that's going to work. Okay. I'm just throwing stuff out there seeing if it sticks. I want to see if we can truly have a New Testament church in 2017. How can we get back to the orb? Not a circle. The 3D pictures, shadow and light and movement and awesomeness. Certainly not a pyramid, right, bro? We've been there. That sucks. <laughs> Pyramids suck. As the aliens didn't know what they were doing. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Hands and feet. It's coming. This is good. We're going to wrap this up in just a couple of weeks, but hands and feet are coming. Um, again, please. Pray about how you can serve on a Saturday night. I mean, the slides are a piece of cake. Colin will walk you through it. If you want to join that team back there, I'm sure they could use some sound guys. Set up team as well. We'll teach you how to do that. I mean, some of us have been sitting for a long time. You know, I feel like God's saying, get off your ass and do something, all right? He didn't really say that. Well, his donkey. He did say donkey because that's in the Bible. I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, so love to get you involved. And uh, again, it's not serving is not just in the house, right? It's out there. Dwayne Black could use some meals over the next few weeks. Um, there's a link on the Facebook page of how to do that. Um, we're, uh, well, I don't know, pivotal time at Keystone Church. So keep praying on how God wants to use you. Uh, maybe there's a ministry birth in you. You're like, man, pastor, I could really see this launch off. Let's do it. Let's, let's really begin to, to nurture each other's gifts, okay? We've, we've done a really good job of, of uh, I feel, resting and healing and by the way, if you're not ready, rest and heal. Rest, come on, amen, Keystoners, rest and heal. Please, rest and heal. Um, we are in no hurry. You know why? Because we win. Uh, Victorious Eschatology is probably another book we need to add to church planning models. Because if you have the right view of end times, 50% of your fear will walk out the door. It really will. Stand with me tonight. Come on. Amen.